0: To
1: the simple, to the simple truth. You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
2: But there's also that desire to share it with others. There's the woman at the well who, when she had experienced Jesus and who he was as he revealed to her he was the Messiah, she went back to her Samaritan city and said, Hey, listen, come and see a man. There was Zacchaeus who invited all of his friends. He wanted everybody to meet. Matthew the tax collector after his transformation. He wanted all of his friends. He didn't care how ugly and dirty they were. He wanted them to meet Jesus.
0: As we
1: Some of the signs of having a heart change are the ways in which the Lord changes our behavior. We become softer, gentler, and display more fruit of the Spirit. However, another sure sign that God is changing our heart is the desire for us to share that truth of Jesus with other people. In today's message, Pastor Dion will be sharing stories of the people who encountered Jesus. They experienced Jesus' transformational love, and then they want to tell everyone that they knew about Him. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 16 as he continues his message, Heart Change.
2: Well, Jesus commanded us to go and share. Jesus commanded us to go open the doors, invite people in. We've got to move it, move it. Look at your neighbor telling tell them that. We've got to what? Move it, move it. And as we go, we should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. All right, so we know this: the Lord saves us; He transforms our life. The Holy Spirit is working on us because you know we still got that sin nature, but He helps us to become more and more like Christ. Alright. We have a purpose, a commission to go out there to move it, move it and share the gospel, what we've experienced with others. And we should listen to the Holy Spirit within to his leadings. Twice it says that the Holy Spirit stopped Paul from going a certain way. In fact, it says that he stopped Paul. They left from here, from Antioch. They came up all the way. This is where they met Timothy. And took him along. They visited the churches one. Two, three, four, and they grew and got strengthened. And Paul said, hey, "We, we got to move forward." So Paul says, "Paul figured he wanted to move further here into this area of Asia. This is the next country he wants to move over into Asia. What we know about later, the seven churches of Asia that Jesus talks about in the book of Revelation: the Church of Thyatira, the Church of Sardis, the Church of uh, Philadelphia, the Church of Laodicea. All of that is they would have they would be right here. All these people live." in this area. Paul wants to go there. There's no churches yet. They haven't even heard the message. Paul wants to go there but the Spirit forbade him. said, no, don't go that way. So then Paul says, well, then I, I think we'll go up towards Bithynia. You know, we'll go up to, to this region up here, this, this next country. But the Holy Spirit says, no, you're not going that way either. Oh. The idea is the Holy Spirit said no to both those areas. Listen. The Holy Spirit will never stop us from sharing, but he may redirect us for some reason. Maybe there's a danger ahead. Maybe there's a temptation waiting for you. Or maybe God just wants us someplace else. At the time, we probably won't know why the Holy Spirit redirects us. Now, some of you might be saying, well, how does the Holy Spirit redirect you? Well, sometimes it's just that still small voice, spirit to spirit and heart to heart. You're going to move in a certain direction, and the Lord says, no, you just, you just sense, ah, maybe not. Something's up, right? Or maybe it was a circumstance. Something happens that creates a problem, and you can't go that direction, so you have to just stay where you're going. So the Holy Spirit can use a variety of ways, speaking to us heart to heart, spirit to spirit. He could use an angel. He could use, uh, you know, a vision, a dream, and he will with Paul later on. He could use a variety. God can speak to us in a variety of ways, but he also will use circumstance. Nevertheless, whatever it is, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and where he has us going. And so Paul realizes, hey, I want to go this way, but uh, that's, that's blocked. I want to go this way, that's blocked. Well, there, we don't know the reason why exactly. A lot of times we we we'll we'll never know. Sometimes we, we find out, and at the time that it's happening, you know, it seems unusual, uncomfortable, unnecessary, uncertain. I mean, well, why would why would God why would I need to go this way? I mean, why can't I go that way? Why can't I go that way? I mean, there's so many more cities in those directions. There's there's nothing on this road. There's nothing on this road. Why am I going this road? It was as it was unusual and uncomfortable to Paul, Paul. But Paul and his team headed north. I like Paul. I mean, you know, he doesn't. Oh well, I guess we should just go back home. He doesn't. Like David Livingstone, the 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 great African uh, missionary, he used to say, "I am willing to go anywhere as long as it's forward." It's kind of like Paul. And so Paul, Paul says, well, I can't go this way. I can't go that way. I'm, I'm, well, I'm gonna go straight? Oh, yeah, let's go. Even though there's nothing out there, I don't understand it. So Paul and his team headed north until they ran out of road over at Troas. As they head north, it seems like the Holy Spirit led them to a dead end. The journey across Asia Minor seemed pointless, seemed fruitless. But then Paul, when he gets to Troas, the dead end, he has a dream in the night. He called it a night vision. He had a dream that night. And here's what the dream was. A man from Macedonia, from the continent on the other side of the water, he saw in the vision, in the dream, a man from Macedonia saying, come to Macedonia and help us. Paul and his team were excited. It was like God's giving them a sign. They're excited to know that God was opening the doors to the Gentiles in another continent. Immediately, they caught a ship. And within a couple of days, they arrived in Neapolis. That's just a harbor. And then they hiked up to Philippi. Now, Philippi was a Roman colony with the largest Roman military in the region. So it was a Roman-occupied city colonized by the Romans. There are Roman senators, Roman generals, and a lot of Roman soldiers because it's a military base. Lydia is a woman that we will be introduced to in a moment. She was a wealthy businesswoman from Thyatira, that's there in Asia, who traveled regularly to Philippi. She even had a house there. Lydia was a dealer in purple dye. Can you say that out loud? In what? Purple dye. You see, the coast of Thyatira, where Lydia was from, was known for the conch. I'm sure many of you have seen a conch shell. But what you may not know is the animal in the conch has a unique gland that produces purple pigment. Hmm. It's a one-eyed, one-horned, swimming purple people eater, right? And it sure looks strange to me. Well, Lydia dealt in purple dyes obtained from the conch. A very lucrative business in Philippi, seeing that the Roman officers and soldiers all wore purple vests, purple capes, purple kilts, purple crests. You guys get that? So with that in mind, let's read the next verse. Now, after he had seen the vision, Paul, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Sumothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, like I said, just a, just a harbor, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayers were as customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the, woman who, who, the women who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord God opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she had she and her household were baptized... And they begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. All right, so Paul gets that vision, sets the course, gets the ship hikes it to the first city. It's Philippi. Now when F- Paul and his team entered Philippi, they searched for the Jewish synagogue. That's where Paul always went first. He believed that the gospel needed to be preached to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles or to the Greeks. They looked for a synagogue. But there was no Jewish synagogue to be found in Philippi. Well, the Jewish Talmud ruled that ten Jewish men could establish a synagogue. But if there isn't 10 Jewish men in a city then what could happen is they were to meet on the Sabbath next to a river. All the Jewish men were to and their families were get together for Sabbath next to a river. The river was a natural baptismal, a mikvah that the Jews are used to for purification. You know, they they get themselves clean. It's it's the whole point. So so there was no Synagogue. So Paul and his team start looking for a river on the Sabbath day. Thus, Paul and his team went to the river to find any Jews worshiping on the Sabbath. All they found were a few women, one whom is Lydia. She wasn't even Jewish. And I'm sure Paul wondered, where in the heck is the guy in my vision that said, come over to Macedonia and help us. It's just women here. It's the last time I'm going to eat spicy falafel before bed, man. What's up with that? Nevertheless, Paul preached Jesus Christ to the ladies. Because the ladies need Jesus too. So Paul preached Christ to the ladies and God changed some hearts. It's what our heavenly Father loves to do, change hearts. Everybody said He loves to Do what? Here's a verse. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. I will take from you your hearts of stone and give you tender hearts of love for God so that you can obey my laws and be my people and I will be your God. God loves it. God loves it when the gospel message, when the Bible is presented in such a way where ears are opened, minds are opened, and it begins to seep down, and God opens their heart. So that that gospel message penetrates, because He wants to change from the hard-heartedness, the stubbornness, the impatience, the, 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 the hurt, the bitterness, all that stuff that has congested it. He wants to do a transformation, a heart surgery. You know, medical science says that about 15% of the people who go through a literal heart transplant surgery testify of some unusual personality change that coincides with the previous owner. You know, ever since they got the new heart, they seem like they're a little more patient, a little more compassionate, a little more considerate. 15%. Well, 100% of the people to get a spiritual heart transplant, experience change. It's the evidence of a transplant. There's some evidence that proves that you have truly had an experience with God and that He truly transformed your heart. There's an evidence. Look at your neighbor and say, an evidence. Would you like to know what it is? I'd love to share it with you, but we're out of time. Here it is. Here's the evidence. A passionate love for God, for His Word, and for others. I like one guy who put it, it's an unscrooged heart. (laughs) Most of us, our hearts are congested, are plugged, are hard with a lot of junk. But when the Lord really opens our heart, it begins to soften. Love begins to be seen. It's evidenced. A love for God. You know, that's why we can't keep you guys away. That's why the doors of the church and services are open. You come. Because you have a love for God. You have a love for His Word. You want to know more about Him, more of Him. You want to experience Him, right? That's the reason. I mean, why else would sick people tune in to Facebook to hear the message? I mean, you know, someone who's sick, and uh, just, uh, but we want to hear it. It's... What God does. It's a love for God. It's a love for His Word. It's it's a love also for others. You know, before you used to always walk around with that you, and your answer was always no to everything. No. No. Hard. But all of a sudden it begins to change. So... That's the first evidence, a passionate love for God, His Word, and for others. Here's the next evidence, a pressing desire to share the experience. A pressing desire to share the experience. They just want to keep it for themselves. They want others. That's one of the evidences that you are truly having a heart change. It's not just because you're becoming a little bit... More loving, a little softer, a, a little bit more compassionate. I mean, people look at you like, What? Did you just say yes? But there's also that desire to share it with others. There's the woman at the well who, when she had experienced Jesus and who he was as he revealed to her he was the Messiah, she went back to her Samaritan city and said, Hey, listen, come and see a man. There was Zacchaeus who invited all of his friends. He wanted everybody to meet. Matthew the tax collector after his transformation. He wanted all of his friends. He didn't care how ugly and dirty they were. He wanted them to meet Jesus. He wanted them to come to know him. God opens our hearts. And then the evidence is we begin to open our homes or our lives. That's what Lydia did after she had experienced a heart change a heart transformation the minute the, the next thing she wanted to do, she, she wants to be baptized i want to identify with christ i want to know more about him i want to i want to be like him right In the power of his death and in the form of his resurrection, I want to live a resurrected life like him. I'm not going to die, but I can be put under the water, buried with Christ and raised up with him. I want that, right? But then she also says, and, and I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay here at the house. I want you to teach us. I want you to help us. I want to, I want to, I want to be able to invite my friends over. Now, Lydia became, her home became the platform for the whole continent of Europe. That's where Paul ends up reaching out to the whole continent of Europe and reaching all of that area. And it all started. Now, stop and let's just backtrack a little bit. Why did God steer Paul in a different direction than he intended? Why did he take him to Troas? Why did he show him a a man who said, come to Macedonia and help us? I mean, it seemed uneventful, unfruitful. It seemed like it was going nowhere. But God knew exactly where Lydia would be at just the right time, at just the right place. She was a businesswoman. She just happened to be in Philippi. God was making sure that all the pieces get connected. That's how He does it in our lives. That's how He used someone in your life Right, they were there at the right place at the right time with the right message, and man, it just blew you away. I remember God directing me thirty years ago to Española, and I said, "Are you sure, Lord?" Not, not. Hey, listen, it's just it, it. It was nothing against the city or the people, but are you sure, Lord? I. I had other things on the on on the plan. I, I wanted to go to Bible school. I wanted to get become part of a sorority. I wanted to have a college degree. Are you sure you want me to not do that and and do this? Only God would know what would become of that decision of his leading and his guiding. And you, just like I and the people that have touched you, were at the right place at the right time. Now God wants to use you to be at the right place at the right time with his message to change people's hearts and lives for his kingdom. Wow. Wow. Lydia became the platform. They started having Bible studies at her house every day. It was a change. She opened her home. Can I share one last personal testimony with you? I don't know that it's even relevant, but it's part of the story. I grew up in a home where, you know, we had spent every summer building this massive house, and I, I, my parents never took us on vacation. We never did anything like that. We, just, we, we were workers, just work. In fact, I, I have told you before, I honestly believe that my parents had uh, kids so that we would be laborers to do the work that they wanted done. So we built this massive house. We had a huge house, 4,000 square feet. We had rooms in our house that we didn't go in. It was like a museum. White carpets, you know, white furniture, dining areas. We cleaned them, I mean, uh, every single week. Once a week, we had to wake up, vacuum these areas, dust these places. We, we might go in there for Christmas, But we could hardly breathe while we were in there. You guys, are you with me? Well, finally, my parents responded to the message of Christ. My mom first, and then my dad. And about two years into their relationship with Christ... My dad decided he, he was tr- sharing. He was like, Lydia wants to share with everybody at work. And, and more of the guys were responding to his message, but, but they wanted to know more about the Bible. And my dad didn't know a whole lot. And so he said, well, why don't we just come over to my house and we'll have a Bible study. I mean, we didn't have company over. And if we ever did, they sat in one room and didn't move. And my mom looked at their shoes the entire time they were in our house. At least I felt that way. Because we didn't wear shoes in our house. It was against the rules. So all of a sudden, my dad says, we're going to invite folks over and open our home for Bible studies. That was the evidence of true conversion. When they threw open the rooms with a white carpet and started having 20 and 25 people and 30 people gathering there in that room for a Bible study... With their shoes on. (laughs) And then when they started serving goodies, are you serious? I was trained different than that. But it was this true conversion. God opens your heart. And the evidence is you start opening your life and your home. There's some changes that are seen. I hope that it's happening to you. I hope that there's more love, more patience, more of God's Spirit pumping through your veins and evidence of change that's taking place. Maybe you do have a few blowouts, but I hope that the evidence of the Holy Spirit hammering on you and your apologies afterwards and the change of heart is being seen.
1: We're so glad you tuned in to today's edition of The Simple Truth. We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the Book of Acts has given you new insight into the early church and brought you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link and don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who might even be hearing about Jesus for the first time? Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts and that lives would forever be changed? Would you also pray for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord and that we're courageous to follow wherever He leads. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more about how to give at tmcalvary.com. Just click on the Donate tab. Thanks again for praying, and thanks for joining us today, here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we
0: proclaim, we'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow, let us join our hands, and together we stand.